0: pray. Thou the home in endless day. Extol the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your eternal punishment, but I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them, and I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being, Upon this your confession, I, by virtue of my office, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. In the stead, and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. are they who have coming out of the great tribulation they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. In you O Lord do I take refuge let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness deed you live on me to your hands I commit my spirit you have redeemed me O Lord, faithful God Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning
1: is now and
0: will be forever are the ones coming out of the great tribulation they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb got on hard. away the sin of the world. Receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy of pray Almighty and everlasting God you knit together your faithful people at all times and places into one holy communion the mystical body of your son Jesus Christ grant us so to follow your blessed Saints in all virtuous and godly living that together with them that we may come to unspeakable joys that you have prepared for those who love you through Jesus Christ your son our Lord Who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The first lesson for the Feast of All Saints observed is written in the seventh chapter of the the revelation of St. John, beginning at the second verse. So then I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God. And he called out with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm earth and sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of the sealed, hundred and forty four thousand sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel 12000 from the tribe of Judah were sealed 12000 from the tribe of Reuben 12000 from the tribe of Gad 12000 from the tribe of Asher 12000 from the tribe of Naphtali 12000 from the tribe of Manasseh 12000 from the tribe of Simeon 12000 from the tribe of Levi 12000 from the tribe of Issachar 12000 from the tribe of Zebulun 12,000 from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 from the tribe of Benjamin were sealed. And after this, I looked and behold, a great number that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes, peoples, and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from whence have they come? And I said unto him, Lord, you know. And he said unto me, These are the ones who have come out of the great tribulation." They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they, be, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will shelter them with His presence. They shall hunger no more, neither shall they thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them by day nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. He will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Be to Amen. These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Blessed are those whose strength is in You, whose hearts are the highways to Zion. The epistle lesson is written in the third chapter of St. John's first epistle, beginning at the first verse. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called sons of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us look to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith. Hallelujah. Gospel is written in the fifth chapter of St. Matthew, beginning at the first verse. Mm-hmm. Glory be to thee. O Lord. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men revile and persecute you, and Utter all kinds of evil against you falsely in my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, content of his Father before all worlds, light of light, very God of very God, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made. And the Son and the Holy Ghost. So, the sister-in-law of a friend of Doctor Johnson was imprudent enough to once claim, in his presence, that she was happy. He pounced on her hard, remarking in a loud, emphatic voice that if she indeed contented, she as she professed be, then her life gave the lie to it, in, according to every research of humanity, for she was. How, how was she happy without health, without beauty, without money, and without understanding? It was rough treatment, for which Johnson was much criticized. Though it should be remembered that he was an 18th century man before the present preoccupation with happiness was an enduring, we thought was a, an enduring condition of human life. But actually, I think he has a point. The pursuit of happiness is responsible for a good deal of many of the ills of the and miseries of the modern world. To pursue, pursue happiness individually or collectively as a conscious aim is the surest way to miss it altogether, as is only too tragic in countries like Sweden and America, where happiness has been most ardently pursued, and where material circumstances usually considered conducive to happiness have been most effectively constructed, and yet people remain unhappy, don't they? And so the pursuit of happiness soon reveals itself uh, as not working, and so it has to resolve itself into the pursuit of pleasure, which is a very different thing. For pleasure is but a mirage of happiness. It's a false vision, a shade of refreshment, seen across parched sands. Where then does happiness lie? In the forgetfulness of self, not in its, its self-indulgence. In escape from sensual appetites, not in their satisfaction. In, we live, for we live in a dark, self-enclosed prison, which is all we see and know. If our glance is ever focused downwards, we will only know this prison And so it must be lifted upwards towards heaven. It must be away from this world that we will find happiness. We'll never find it here. This was what happened with Pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer when he was taken by his Nazi guards to be executed. His face shone with happiness. In fact, the clowns that were guarding him noticed it. And so they remarked about how happy he was, and he said to them with a smile on his face, Yes, today is an ending for you, but it is only my beginning. Yes, he died with true happiness. So writes Malcolm Muggeridge in 1969 in his book Through the Microphone. So, what about us? Are we happy? Do we even understand what happiness is? It's interesting, you know, in today's gospel, Jesus endeavors to teach us about happiness. That's really the point of his eight blessings. You, you know, because he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he goes on to use, use it seven more times, right? Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the persecuted. And blessed when others when others revile you and persecute you. But this word blessed, makarios, is, is actually probably better translated, in my opinion at least, as happy. Because there is a word for blessed, eulogeo in Greek, which, which, which is from, we get, from which we get the English word eulogy. But markarius means happy. You could just easily have said, happy are the poor in spirit. Happy are those who mourn. Happy are the meek. Happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Happy are the merciful. Happy are the pure in heart. Happy are the persecuted. Happy are, are those who are reviled and persecuted. Yes, rejoice for your reward is great and happy in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Note how eight times Jesus refers to the word happy, happy, happy. It's interesting how this word is used in the Old Testament. It it, it never is used for, um, it never refers to people or things or states of being. Blessedness refers often to the fullness of life as it relates to things such as wife and beauty and honor and wisdom and piety. And true blessedness is found only in trust in God and forgiveness in the Torah. In in the New Testament, Makarius' blessedness refers ultimately to eschatological salvation, the salvation of everlasting life that only Christ can give us through his life, death, resurrection, and ascension. That's true happiness. Because spending eternity in hell would be be a very unhappy situation, don't we think? I think we think that, don't we? And so real happiness has to do with Jesus' beatitudes. Because in these beatitudes, what Jesus is doing is he's reversing all human values and turning them upside down on their heads. He's showing us that true happiness is not for those who are rich and secure in this life's priorities, but for those who are poor and oppressed by this world who are rich in pity, purity, and peace. Yes. <clears throat> Blessing is for those who are persecuted. Blessing are for those who hear God's message of his kingdom, for those who meet it with faith. Because as we know from what I, you know, from last week in the feast of the Reformation, that the just shall live by faith. <clears throat> Salvation is not by works of the law, but by God's grace. Yes, blessed are those who make no false demands upon God, John 20, 29. Blessed are those who watch, Luke 12, 37. Blessed are those who stand fast, James 1, 12. Blessed are those who understand the words and acts of Jesus, John 13, 17. Yes, blessed and happy are they. True happy, truly happy. You see, in in our gospel lesson, I think what Christ is trying to convey to us is this reality That there are really two kinds of happinesses available to us in this world. There's true happiness that comes from Christ and and his sacrifice for us upon his cross. And then there's the false happiness of the world. Temporary happiness that leads ultimately to profound unhappiness eternally. And we can have one of those two happinesses. One is true and one is real and one is a lie. That's what we can have. As Solomon, who had every material blessing that life can give, give a man, he once wrote in Proverbs 14, 12, that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is death. That the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but the wise man listens to counsel. So will we listen to counsel? Will we? Will we hear what Jesus has to say to us in, in Matthew 5 from his Beatitudes? Or will we be fools that think we're wise in our own opinions? Because, you see, as a, because a wise man, as Confucius would say, considers the ends of things. And what is the ends of following the lying pleasures of this world? What is the end of, of, of sinful hedonism? Well, God tells us what the end is. According to the Lord, he, he inspired St. Paul to write what he wrote to the Corinthians in chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians. He said, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And and such were some of you. And such were some of you. But you were washed and were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. In other words, we don't have to remain trapped in the prison of sin and false pleasures and lying truths that are not truths but traps that lead to hell. We don't have to remain there, we don't. Christ, through his, through his death upon the cross, he breaks those prisons of sin. He breaks those addictions and those things which, which torment us, he breaks them. And he frees us from them. Because if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed, Jesus says. And I love how Paul, after he enumerates some of the sins that lead to everlasting death, he also says, "And and such were some of you. Meaning that Christ is stronger than our sins and our false pleasures. He can break them, as I said just a moment ago. Because on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sins in his own blood. And he won for us the forgiveness of sins which he freely gives to us through his words and his sacraments yes yes these words come bound to water in the waters of holy baptism where we are born again of water in the spirit and our sins are washed away and everything becomes for us new yes in the cleansing flood of holy baptism he refreshes us and gives us a new genesis And then Christ nourishes us with his own body and blood, which are given and shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins in Holy Communion. Yes, in Holy Communion, from from chalice we taste Christ's life in his blood, and we, we receive Christ's body under the veil of bread. And then from Holy Scripture, we hear Jesus Christ tell us how much he loves us and the good news he has for us. How awesome. Yes, Jesus, through his words and his, and his sacraments, and especially his eight happies, his eight beatitudes, he, he reorients us away from the lying pleasures of this world and towards the true happiness that he has for us. And if we embrace this happiness, if we follow Christ as disciples into this happiness, we will certainly, almost certainly, lose friends and family and worldly position and even possessions because God's ways aren't the world's ways and the world hates God and the world hates those who follow Christ that's why Jesus said the world does not know you because it did not know me and yet and yet Jesus gives us a peace that the world cannot give us a peace that surpasses human understanding And that's why Jesus concludes today's gospel lesson by saying, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. Notice, where is your reward great? Not on this world, not on this earth. In heaven. In heaven. Christ gives us a reward in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thief cannot break in and steal. How awesome is that? How awesome is that that Christ gives us a reward that the world cannot touch? And so Christ Jesus... Through his beatitudes and through his his gospel in its totality, he is showing us where true happiness, true blessedness is given. In the name of Jesus, amen. <coughs> this morning. We're glad everyone's here. And uh, just uh, note the blue news for today uh, and, and this week, the schedule for the church for this week. Uh, of course, on Tuesday, we have coffee there. And then next Sunday will be our annual meeting at three in the afternoon. Uh, so we encourage everyone that is, that is a member of the church to be there. So as we uh, talk about and approve next year's budget and vote on our next year's officers, it's very important that you're there. Uh, as uh And uh, also, we have several prayer requests this morning. Uh, Some of y'all remember Chief Grassley, who now lives in North Carolina. He called me yesterday and asked that we pray for Rod and Mary uh, Pugh, his friends that live here in Fairhope, uh, that are going through some physical uh, challenges. Also, Teresa and Terry Davis asked that we pray for their niece, Ashley, who fell and broke both her arm and her leg. And then um, I have a a close uh, friend and colleague, uh, Pastor Michael Freeze from Fort Wayne, Indiana. He, um, his oldest son, Alexander, uh, who has actually been to this church, uh, he um, uh, got a hold of um, something that had fentanyl in it in Austin about a week and a half ago and died from an overdose from fentanyl. So his funeral is tomorrow in Fort Wayne. Unfortunately, I can't go to it, but, I, but we're going to pray for their family and those who mourn his death. Lord be with you. And also, the flowers today are given in honor of all those who have served our country's um, uh, armed forces as veterans. Sorry. Let us pray. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace that is from above and for the well being of the churches of Christ and the godly unity of all Christendom, let us pray to the Lord. For Matthew and Eric, our shepherds and bishops in Christ, for all pastors and teachers and all people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For our nation and all our people, for our president and Congress, our governor and the legislature of Alabama, for our judges and magistrates and all who serve in public office, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the sick and the sorrowing, for those who mourn, for those who are in need and distress, for the homebound and the infirm, Especially, we pray this day for Doris and Marianne, for Alice and Bill, Joyce and Mary, for Mark and Eddie, Norma and Kim, for Suzette and Bob, Martha and Neely, for uh, Marilyn and Glenn, uh, Dean and Terry, Tony and Chris, for Marion and Meredith, for James and George and Larry, Dean and Earl, Suzette and Bob, Mallory and Mark, for Hank and ha- Haley, Jay and Tracy, for uh, Michelle and Carl, Karen and Jimmy, Tina and Ainsley, for Kevin and Ron, Thelma and Jesse, for Ralph and Theo, Easton and Doug, Hugh and Waylon and Ryan. And we pray, Heavenly Father, also for those who mourn, especially we pray for um, the Heil family, the Blunt and Davis family, the Chant family, the Blackwell family, and the Cooper family, the Tatum and Rogers family, the Teckle family, the Gross family, the Florian and parsons family the Freeman family, the Nielsen family, the Ospacher and Schwartz family, and the Gillardi family and the Whitfield family. And we pray for those who are in service to our country's armed forces, especially Riley, Paul, Turner, Paul, and Hayden. And we pray for all of our university students, including Minnie, Noah, Katie, Dylan, Aiden, and Jacob. And we pray, Heavenly Father, also for those to whom death is drawing near and for us all, that when our last hour shall come, we may depart this life in the confidence of the sure faith, the, com- the confidence of a, sh- of a right devout, and holy hope, and in the communion of Christ's holy church. Let us pray to the Lord. Amen. Recalling those who have gone before us in the faith, and rejoicing to share with them the Sabbath rest, which Christ has won for his people, that together with them we may be found faithful in the day of judgment, and rejoice in the day of the resurrection of the dead. Let us pray to the Lord. Pray especially this day for um, both uh, Rod and Marianne and also for Ashley, who are uh, dealing with very phys- various physical ailments. Almighty and everlasting God, the eternal salvation of them that believe, hear our prayers on behalf of thy servants, Rod and Mary and Ashley, for whom we offer up our supplications and implore thy aid and mercy that being restored to health, that they may render thanks to thee and thy church. We ask this through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, thy Son of Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. And we also pray for um, those who mourn the death of Alexander Fries. Have compassion, O Lord, upon all who mourn and upon all who are lonely and desolate because of the death of Alexander Fries. Be thou their comforter and friend, and give unto them such earthly solace as thou seekest to be best for them. And bring them to a fuller knowledge of thy love, and wipe away all their tears for the sake of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.